0: Talksheed. Recorded live. Greetings, everybody. This is Donaldson here with Donaldson's um, analysis. Wanted to just start this call and get some people talking um, about uh, the two words that seem to be extremely important and on everyone's, three words, on everyone's mind lately, especially being broadcast in the news. Um, that would be uh, the Black Lives Matter, and if you just stop and say that, you know, a few times, my point, uh, and the point of this call should should stick out in your in your mind as being really as being obvious, um,
1: and it. <coughs> so
0: Black Lives matter. Really I hear people saying with you know with regard to to Black Lives Matter, they say all lives matter. All lives matter. That's that's the response I hear from people. Hey, no you know most most of the time people are always you know um, concerned and cared and, and caring about other people and loving in general. Overall just just you know loving. So uh <clears throat> If I ever do mention it, which I don't, I don't really talk about Black Lives Matter to to people very often. This is really the first time I've ever wanted to to dialogue about the said uh, subject matter. Um, and so, uh, well, interestingly, um, uh, people's response to to the those words uh, are pretty. It's pretty positive. Black Lives Matter. Instinctively, people say all lives matter or brown lives matter or white lives matter all lives matter though. mostly that's what we hear Um, but I do believe that there's another way to look at the information and that I believe is the correct way to look at it for what it really is and that my friends is an ambiguous statement, an ambiguous phrase meant to disguise a social agenda and operation or uh, program, a plan to continue to manipulate the public's mindset regarding what the true definition of race in this country really is. And so for all intents and purposes, uh, uh, saying hello to Aries 666, Idiote and Law Fan, um, this call is a Black Lives Matter. That's what this call is. It is of a Black Lives Matter. And why is it a Black Lives Matter? Well, the reason why this is, the purpose for this call is a Black Lives Matter uh is because men and women of more melanation in their skin are being targeted by media outlets and used and sacrificed um by the Illuminati in in, in front of the entire planet. It, this is like this is a time that I never expected to to live in. This is not what I, the America, you know, that I grew up in, um, but maybe it is, and I just did I wasn't aware of it. But this Black Lives Matter and the manipulation of the black man has been going on in this country for um, ever since you know the founding fathers started this, this country the black man has had uh, the so called black man has had uh, a, a crucial role in, in, in the founding as well as maintenance of this, this so called country and um, so, so with regard to the Black Lives Matter I believe that if I were a, an Illuminati high elite and wanted to um, control the population that I feared the most, uh, it would be to set them up and to create a scenario of havoc. Uh, and and that's exactly what you see happening. That that the black so-called black man was put on a pedestal uh, via a, a, a affirmative action um, policies. At the local level, and at state and federal, uh, is is no accident. Okay, um, so that that Islam was used by the black community in the media in the '60s is no accident, and that. the the media uses the words to confuse the public is no accident when you all look at those words you instantly feel like you want to say all lives matter but when you rearrange your thinking it's clear to see that the black lives matter is being attended to and what it I believe involves is the setting up and staging of the African-American population here and the, on the American soil as well as staging a probable civil, civil unrest in period of time where in uh, more restrictions can be brought in uh, on the, uh, you know, people's right to bear arms, really. Um, and so I, I really want to... Uh, Uh, Say, I'm sorry for anyone uh, to any more melanated person for the actions of lighter melanated people who are confused who have no clue what they're doing uh, even when they support the Black Lives Matter movement which is to manipulate the black man that's pretty much my thoughts on that now I Wanted to get some. I mean, we could go longer into detail about this, but it's a simple topic. It doesn't take very long to explain.
1: But let me gather some thoughts
0: here, and I will come right back for um,
1: uh,
0: some uh, some more commentary about Black Lives Matter.
1: One sec here. <laughs>
0: to the, the main reason why I started this call was I'm going to go over the notes that I took for from the Obama address earlier today where Obama directly addressed militias in his live ABC News report. He said something to, to the letter of this. He said, Is a country governed this is a country governed by the rule of law and that we don't have militias making decisions and I thought that that was very it was a clear statement Uh, mind you I'm not being punny so pardon the, the, the expression but that National Liberty Alliance is on and talking and discussing the formulation, uh, working together with committees of safety which involve militia work, right, is no accident that Obama, Obama made those statements directly addressing the issue of militias in this country on national television. This is not something that a president a president has has bothered to mention in a while, if ever that I have heard of, um, he said, uh, again, that uh, this is a country governed by the rule of law and that we don't have militias making decisions. Um, he was addressing the Black Lives Matter, of course, uh, because the, of the Dallas police officers, that, the five police officers that were killed in the line, they were shot dead. Okay? Because of, and that's being blamed on the Black Lives Matter. And a lot of people want to put the word movement after the word Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter movement, right? <laughs> that doesn't even make sense if you look at the term uh, or the phrase in in the way that I'm explaining, which is that it is a Black Lives Matter.
1: You see. They're,
0: they're dealing with the black, with people that they presume to be black. And they are installing racial consciousness in American and also in men and women abroad. He also said, I, I know how far we've come despite impossible odds. And when he said that, he was referring to himself as a black man. Okay. He said, I know how far we've come despite impossible odds and then he said this he said out of great suffering you will show us the meaning of hope and he was referring to people um, suffering and, and hurting and, and living with pain and, and issues of racial tension okay, in their communities and he said out of great suffering you will sh- you Talking to the black community will show us the meaning of hope,, okay? and then he said, "Save more lives than you will ever know um, something about uh, saving more lives than you will ever know. I think that he was referring to the fact that so many peoples going through suffering saves more lives than than uh, than we ever know, okay, like a soldier goes and and dies for his country uh, so apparently there there was he a a a pointed interest by this man too to focus on a woman who had a 12-year-old son that uh wanted to uh, grow up and be a police officer okay well, the 12-year-old son was i guess uh you know he didn't have a father uh, who died uh, from Dallas but but after he was affected by all of this um, and ultimately he decided he would, at that age, wanted to be a police officer when he grew up. And then Obama said, and that is the America I know. Where And so the America that Obama knows is the one where 12-year-old kids think about being police officers when they grow up. And I want to add that he got a standing ovation when um, <clears throat> when he said that. And then he was emphasizing white man and a black man working together. That's what he was saying, white man and black man working together. And you guys w- know how I feel about the word white and black, okay? Those words are strategic words. He, Obama went on to say, these men, this, this is the America I know he's talking about white and black men working together these men this is the America I know one American family all deserving equal protection okay one American family all deserving equal protection all children of God okay he says I've seen how inadequate words can be in bringing about adequate change Let us not love with words. That's what Obama said during his speech today. He said, if we are to honor these five cops, then we gonna have to be honest with each other and ourselves. I think he said we're gonna have to be honest with each other. But I wrote we gonna. That was uh, was my mistake. But he is saying, if we if we if we are to honor these five cops, then we are we have to to be honest with each other. So he wants everyone to admit that we have a race racist society and uh, uh, racial problems and a racial divide in this country. So yeah, just be honest and uh, you know with yourself here and work together. Okay, with your counter part or you the black you know the the like other side of you, you know i I guess I guess uh we're since we're one family everyone is a brother of yours, right? I mean, I get what he was saying, but race he says this race relations have improved dramatically in my lifetime, okay, and then he says those who deny it are denying the progress. that's what he says, so those who deny that race relations have improved dramatically in his lifetime right are are denying the progress and keep in mind when when he's referring to race he's not talking about black and white because this is a black lives matter you guys it's not that black lives matter you see but what this is is to come in and it's to black out your life to black to actually, it's a, it's basically a plan of killing. It's creation of black, a black life, a meaningless life. You know what I'm saying? Judging society and 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 choosing to manipulate the the group where that or any group of people really can be involved, can be subject to black life status. Okay, and most likely homeless people are a part of the black life, the black community when it comes to their status.
1: Moving forward,
0: no institution is entirely immune. That's what he said. He said, no institution is entirely immune. Not even the grand jury, Obama? Not even the common law grand jury? Really? He said, when mothers and fathers raise their child right we cannot dismiss peaceful dissenters right it's weird how he said this he said when mothers and fathers raise their children right that's one point that he brought up that I just uh, I had to write down who the heck says that about you know your the people in, uh, you know, in your citizenry.
1: Well, we cannot dismiss peaceful dissenters we cannot
0: dismiss peaceful dissenters. So no, he started to get a compassionate side going when he, he... So he started getting like a compassionate side going where he was basically um, like talking basically about um, peaceful dissenters and respecting peaceful protesters basically. And, and the you know, so that's pretty much pretty much it right there. I, I got a little loud because it was hard to, uh, it was kind of hard to hear. It got hard to hear and hard to speak when someone was yelling almost in my face. You guys, I apologize for that. But he goes on to state this. We ask police to do too much and, and too little of ourselves. We, ask, we don't ask ourselves to do, you know, what we ask the police to do. Uh, and we, so in other words he's saying we ask the police to do too much and we ask too little of ourselves it's about forging consensus he states okay it's about finding the will to make change he states can we open our hearts as americans he says okay for this black lives matter he wanted to open up everyone's heart he literally said it like, four or five times. Open your heart. Open your heart, right? Can we open, open your heart? It's like he was pulling someone's heart out their chest. Okay? I've seen too many families, he said. Then, <laughs> quotes, he quotes Ezekiel, right, where Bible, where the Bible states that, I, Ezekiel says, I will remove your heart, and a heart, right, a heart open to the fear of, yeah, he will remove. God's going to come in and remove your heart, cold heart, and put a nice one.
1: <laughs> it's
0: like problem, reaction, solution, or something. You know. So it's really interesting. Some he says sometimes protests can get hijacked. That's what he said. He said uh, he said sometimes protests can get hijacked. He said. um... It won't be the last time it'll happen, that's what he said, referring to the killing of police. He actually said those words. Obama, in his speech, go watch the address, he said, it won't be the last time it'll happen. That's what he said. And, you know, how does he know? What, has he got some sort of crystal ball? Kind of bothers me when he said that he says, people that kill police will not stop us from coming together okay, that's what he said people that kill police will not stop us from coming together we also glory in ourselves because we know suffering produces character so these two sentences of Obama's are are probably the ones that stood out the most, there was probably three or four in here close of his, but these ones really stand out the most. He said, people that kill police will not stop us from coming together. That's interesting. I mean, who is this us he's talking about? The American family, right? So he's speaking to his constituents.
1: Hmm. it's interesting
0: it's a very nationalistic perspective but nevertheless I continue reading so the second part that he said was we also glory in ourselves because we know suffering produces character we glory in ourselves because we we know suffering produces character wow yeah, we let's all let's all suffer. Let's let's turn the suffering on, and then maybe we'll all get sharp, right? That's the Illuminati right there for you guys. I mean, think about that. If that's not the Illuminati in action, I don't know what is. Um, so, uh, he says there are times we are overtaken by disasters, natural or man-made. There are times that we are taken by disasters. And then he says, either natural or man-made. We do not. No, he says. He says we do have control over how we treat one another. Okay. He said, America gives us the capacity to change. America gives us the capacity to change.
1: And that is an onion ring.
0: He says law and self-government is the hallmark of this nation. Law and self-government is the hallmark of this nation. He says my faith tells me they did not die in vain. Okay? He said may God bless this country and the people that love it and that was one of the last things that I typed that he said um, and <clears throat> so that, that just concludes my notes reading of Obama's speech today and I, I took the notes because I, I wanted to, to reiterate to you you people how I felt about um the the things that he said uh, with regarding with regard to institutions, he said, no institution is entirely immune. I'm like oh, oh, right is that necessarily always true? He's talking about a white and a black man working together he's 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 really ingraining and and using those words in a strategic way and he then he's talking about out of great suffering, you will show us you will. That's almost like you saying, "You shall show us the, me-, you know, the meaning of hope." Right? Why didn't he use the word "shall"? He could have. See, he could have. He could have said, "You shall show us the meaning of hope," but he said, "You will show us." That's, that's that sounds like an order to me, dictation. You know. Um, so, again, and and fin- I started off. When I when I started reading about the notes here, with that Obama directly addressed the militia in his live ABC News uh, special report, which which um, I I was basically well, quite honestly I was I was starstruck. I, I sat in front of it and I was I was chuckling because I was getting everything he was saying. Very very. Um, informative and insightful and he put it really he put a lot of things in perspective he let you know that he was listening he let you know that he's been paying attention to what's been going on around or else why would he have mentioned militias why would he have not when militias have have been up for debate and for conversation in 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 the patriot community as of late uh, especially with the Oregon situation and then yada yada I mean, even though the Constitution states that the militia is a lawful you know, assembly
1: um,
0: the way that um, I think he's afraid of the people taking, getting their power because the people themselves actually have the right to bear arms under their, under their own laws so uh, he feels kind of stuck and you know what, he's looking for constituents that's what I feel uh, is happening there, and either that or he just works for another agenda altogether. And that would be the world agenda that I spoke of before when we talked about the creation of America, the United States, <clears throat> um, and its purpose uh, being, being that it was founded for a globalist agenda, not. Uh, for for uh, the the specific reasons of freedom that we all that we all hoped and, and prayed and thought and were taught actually because we were taught that this this is a country of freedom that this um, and you know that that Obama would say black lives matter right and when we talk about the black lives matter this black lives matter a black lives matter right what 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 do we mean by black life right? anyway uh, the black lives matter he spoke about uh, that and then he later on he mentioned the word race uh, see white and black man working together you know it's just so it just seems so staged, you know? Oh, well. Let's see if I... I'm I'm just going to say, oh, well, to that. And I will begin to read from uh, the... the... judicial process. Regarding common law, utilized by most English-speaking states... Common law is, is variously known as, also as English, Anglo-Saxon, or Anglo-American law. Despite its conceptualization by Lord Koch as the perfection of reason, it is indeed a vast and complex instrument of justice, although at first glance it may well seem chaotic and obtruse, abstruse. On closer examination, it is readily possible to discern a logic which binds the many diverse components that comprise it into a comprehensive and comprehensible entity. Common law is judge-made law, bench-made law, rather than fixed body of definite rules, such as the modern civil law code. Folks, I'm reading from the judicial process, written by a gentleman by the name of Abraham. And uh, I believe this book was written... In the 80s. Could be wrong about that. But as we proceed, here, uh, common law is judge made law. I read that. And he goes on to state that in Roscoe Pound's words, it is a mode of judicial and juristic thinking. So Roscoe Pound said that common law was a mode of judicial and juristic thinking a mode of treating legal problems, you see? He might well... Well, if you think about that, if it was... If he said it was a a mode of treating legal problems, that, I mean, is kind of something to pay attention to, folks. Because if you're not part of a society, do you have any legal problems? I don't think you do. And so, there will be no common law for for people who pull out of the system, at least not the common law that they that they know, unless you rewrite the definition and send them your definition, and when they fail to rebut or argue back and say no, then you have him. You see but Continuing to
1: read now one moment, I'll be right back. often based on
0: precedents, it embodies con- continuity in that it binds the present with the past that's what case law does it binds the present with the past since it uh, thus necessarily grew common law right, and still grows by virtue of judicial decisions right, it is best to explain and analyze it historically historical background here we go With the growth of Christianity and Christian philosophy came the decline and fall of Rome. The concept of the state as the highest form of society began to be questioned with the rise of the Christian Church. With the Norman invasion of the British Isles in 1066, precise and orderly methods into government and law of England were introduced. Thus began, under the Norman and Angevin monarchs of the 11th and 12th centuries, the gradual growth... Excuse me.
1: Wrong, dude. so disrespectful
0: we can share the space but we have to be polite to each other period am I wrong for wanting to be polite to each other am I wrong for
1: that I don't think so everyone okay Thus
0: began under the Norman and Angevin monarchs, Anglican monarchs of the 11th and 12th centuries, the gradual growth of a central administration and the dev- and the development of the courts of law.
1: That's what you think about me. Okay. Yeah. You go, guys. Bye-bye. Shh, shh, be quiet. Okay. Be quiet, buddy. Shh. Like me. Just like me.
0: Gotta keep, just yell, man. You don't care. All right, so here we go. I'm gonna yell too, though. Just get ready. Now, the term "com" just so you guys know that the term in "common" common law was used for the law developed in the king's courts and was generally employed in order to distinguish between it and that of the ecclesiastical courts. In effect, the concept common law was adopted from the canon law of the Christian Church, which was the common law of Christendom. So, why is that important, you guys? Why, why is it important to pay attention to, to how common law was used for the, deve- the law developed in the king's courts and was generally employed in order to distinguish between it and that of the ecclesiastical courts? Can you guys hear me okay? Can you guys hear me
1: okay? need to find
0: out if you guys can hear me okay. Hey you guys, uh, just got back, uh, Aries, why uh, why don't you call in and uh, give us a holler and laugh if you feel like uh, talking about common law and its origins. And give us a call. In. I apologize for the disruption earlier, where uh, I had to stop reading and stop talking about the things that are important to me uh, and to you. But I was trying to share a space with uh, some people, and uh, well, they're just—they're uh, violating the common law. You see, the common law is we have to respect each other's space in here, and when that gets violated, uh, you know. I mean, it has to be made known, you see. So, anyway. Weird man. I'll never understand, you know, um, people. I think, and I don't think I'm supposed to. I don't think any of us are really supposed to truly understand each other. Okay. So Aries is on her computer. Lawfan does not want to call in, and Idiote will not call in. So I'm just—it's just me here, and I'm going to go. <coughs> back to reading so check it out Um, the term the term common law like I said so okay so we talked about the Norman invasion right we talked about that we talked about the Norman and monarchs we talked about the term common law right was used for the law developed in the king's courts and generally employed in order to distinguish between it and that of the ecclesiastical courts. I mean, this is the point where I left off on, guys, right? That the term common law was used for the law developed in the king's courts, and was generally employed in order to distinguish between it and that of the ecclesiastical courts. Um, so, a clear distinction between the the, the church and... And the state. That's what that sounds like. So it sounds like this common law, right, has something to do with the state. See? And and so in the 11th and 12th century, according to the judicial process, it says right here, the term common law was used for the law developed in the king's courts. And was generally employed in order to distinguish between it and that of the ecclesiastical courts. Okay, and then just previous to that, it had stated that the concept of the state as the highest form of society began to be questioned with the rise of the Christian Church, which was really cool. Okay, really cool to to hear uh, <clears throat> to read that, and then to jump down and see where where the, the term common law was used for the king's law of of the king's courts well that just lets you know that the king's courts were state courts or or something similar uh... to what we have today known as state courts common law so in effect the concept common law was adopted from the canon law of the christian church okay uh... the concept common law was adopted from the canon law of the christian church it was adopted that doesn't mean that they adopted the, the the canons of the Christian church but they adopted the common law from the canon law of the Christian church which was the common law of Christendom see this is where it gets a little a little tight on the on the on the information tip for the comprehension is because it says in effect the concept common law was adopted right, from the canon law of the Christian church. So Christian being kind of um, not the state right so, ooh, so basically adopting the traditions of the church right, into the state like that which was the common law of Christian. Thus the common law came into use in the reign of Edward I. 1272-1307 or just shortly thereafter. It meant general as opposed to special law. So the law common to the whole land, unenacted law as distinguished from statutes and ordinances, the law of the temporal as opposed to the ecclesiastical courts, later common law became contrasted with equity the common law of the king's courts was made by the royal justices from the mass of customary laws of the realm and became known uh, became the common law of england so again it says that the common law of england sorry the common law of the king's courts okay was made by the royal justices from the mass of customary laws of the realm and became the common law of england There are there were three great courts of common law. Okay, King's Bench, Exchequer, and Common Pleas. So King's Bench, Exchequer, and Common Pleas. As the root, as the routine of these royal courts became firmly established, it was possible to forecast their decisions in terms of similar cases decided by them in the past. However. According to Theodore F.T. Plucknett, the practice of basing decisions upon precedent did not come about because it was the best rule to follow in decision-making, but because it enabled all existing courts to function with a minimum of trouble. In at least some respects, the common law reflects the feudal structure whence it was derived. Over a period of centuries, the law defining the relationship between the uh, Anglo-Norman monarchs and their tenants-in-chief became the law that was applicable to all Englishmen. At first, this dealt solely with private law, but it was gradually extended to cover public law. ...gradually extended to to cover public law as well. The core of the feudal law was the concept of fealty... ...which long prevailed after the passing of feudalism. Uh, Ruler as well as subject was bound. There were... There were well-defined rights and obligations to be adhered to by all parties private rights of free men were not subject to arbit- arbitrary change and the primary task of the monarch was to
1: preserve and protect the law Hold on one second. okay so
0: Read that again The core of the feudal law Was the concept of fealty Which was Which Which long prevailed After the passing Of feudalism what? Okay So fealty we're talking Ruler as well as Subject Was bound Okay There were well defined rights And obligations To be adhered to By all parties You know what Hey check it out <clears throat> I think I'm going to end the call Because I'm I'm really not feeling This call anymore I was hella interrupted by uh, some people that came in and just totally disrespectful. I'm leaving right now. So uh, I'm sorry, but,
1: you know, I'm going to leave the call on, but I'm going to stop the recording.